Praise God. We're going to pray. Hallelujah. This time we're going to do something different that we usually don't do. I want you to hold hands or touch the person right next to you and uphold that person in prayer. And the word of God will go forth with power and anointing and break every yoke that the enemy has placed upon that person. Every form of doubt, every form of fear, every form of questioning God, every form of thinking that God is not able will be broken this morning time. Just take two minutes just to pray. Hallelujah. Uphold the person next to you. You may know their needs. You may not know their needs. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time, O oh God. We thank you for your word that has come forth in our midst. It is your word, O oh God. It is thy people, O oh God. We pray that you will speak to us together as a family of church. We come into your presence and we ask that the word of God will be broken for us. Hallelujah. Break the word of God with power and anointing this evening time, O oh God. May the word of God break every yoke that is in front of us, O oh God. May every resistance to the preaching of God's word be bound in the name of Jesus this evening. We glory, give you glory and honor for what you're going to do in Jesus' loving name. We pray. Everybody, please be seated. This morning, I want to title this message El Shaddai. Faithful through all seasons. Throughout the Bible, we see so many times that God has revealed Himself to mankind through various ways, through various forms, through prophecies, through the Word of God, and so many ways. But God was always trying to relate Himself to mankind. And one way that God revealed Himself to mankind was through His name. What are some of the famous names of God that you know? What were some of the names that, of God that we know? Jehovah Shalom. Jehovah Jireh. What else? Jehovah Nissi. Jehovah Rapha. All these things mean specific things in the word of God. And we all know, most of us know, most of the meanings of those words. But you see, most of those words came in the very most difficult seasons of people's life. Example for you, Jehovah Shalom. Do you know where that word came from? It came in the most difficult time of Gideon's life, of the people of Israelites' life, in that when, when all the Midians were was taking over all their land. And God came to Gideon and said, Oh, thou mighty man of valor. And God gave him a specific instructions of what he is going to do. Yes, God, Gideon asked all these questions and all that answers was given, yes. But if you look at the book of Judges chapter 6 and I think it's verse 22 that says that God, uh, Gideon 
even before the victory was won even before the midianites were overtaken even before the battle was won gideon called that place jehovah shalom god is our peace you see many a time when we go through situations you see the bible talks about a lot of situations and a lot of people going through a lot of situations in life and most of those people turn to prayer and ask asking god for answers to their problems but always the answer is not always yes what are the answers we get from god answer is yes the answer is no and the answer is wait okay there's one more answer i'll come back come back to that in a little bit later but sometimes when we go through this period of wait or when god does not answer us the way particular way that we want it to be in the particular schedules that we wanted to be go in the particular time frame that we wanted to go in our often or quite often in the bible and in through our lives we often ask god why are you so late standing at the cemetery and bidding their final farewells to lazarus mary and martha went through a time of god saying wait standing at the entrance of the lion's den and hoping that god would come through for him daniel went through a time of god saying wait going through the experience of trusting god even when everyone said everyone else didn't the three hebrew boys went through a time of god saying over and again we see that god does not always work according to our schedules our time purposes and every time he says wait he has a particular plan and a purpose behind it such is the case of this this couple that has started their journey of faith you see in the key verse that we read god comes to abram and says now when abram was nine abram was 99 years old the lord appeared to abram and said i am god almighty there is the word the word god almighty means el shaddai the almighty god the all sufficient god the el the word hebrew word el means god the strong one and the the word shaddai is often misinterpreted in so many different ways but the most common understood way is the uh, shad is the word that is used for the bosom or the breast of a mother that would supply for the child so god's into the word el shaddai means the god who is all powerful the almighty the all sufficient god you see this abraham this abram he started this journey back in Ch Ch genesis chapter 12 the voice of the lord and the presence of the lord was a constant companion for him ever since he decided to listen to god come out of his house come out of his father's house forsake the the idols that his father had god was his constant companion in genesis chapter 15 verse 1 we god comes to him and says do not be afraid o abram i am your reward i am your shield and your exceedingly great reward you see that is a moment of life when more abraham was abram was afraid god reveals himself through different forms through different means particularly for the situation that you and i are going through 
God comes to the Genesis chapter 14 ends by God, Abraham doing a mighty work of conquering five kings and overtaking them and just go it is he conquered a land of about 240 miles all by himself with his army and captured food five kings and now he is afraid and he, that he would be taken over and God comes to him and says wait I am your exceedingly great reward. I am your shield. See God, Abraham trusted God. In, in just in that fifth, chapter 15, you will see that this is for the first time he's asking God, you told me that you would make me great, but Eliezer, my, son, my servant, would take over this land because I have no heir. And God told him, no, it will not be Eliezer. It will, I will give you a son of your own flesh. And Genesis chapter 15 verse 6 is the most famous verse that we know. Abram trusted in God and it was counted unto him as righteousness. Great, wonderful. He is, he, he is here. He is 75 years old. And chapter 15 is a wonderful experience of Abram walking with God. A God making his covenant with, with Abram. And all these things going on. But when you come to chapter 16... 10 years have passed by, 10 years of waiting on God and this couple has now grown weary. This couple has now have been fed up with the things that did not work in their life. You see, they were not married for 20, just those 10 years. They were married way before. The Bible scholars say that by the time God appeared to Abraham, he was already married 50 years or so. That's their guess. Okay, so he is not just... You know, so now 10 years have passed by, 85 years old, old Abram, chapter 16, is a chapter of disaster. Because Abram listened to Sarah and said, yes, God probably will not answer us, so let's have a son through Hagar. You see, when as soon as they used their physics, the human techniques, as soon as they, they turn to human techniques to do and to accomplish a function, a purpose that God had promised them to do, God became silent in their life. Chapter 16, you will not see God dealing directly with Abraham. God became silent. So the answer that I was talking about, the fourth answer is God's silence. That's a very serious matter when God does not talk to you you gotta go back and think what did I do wrong what did is there something in my life that needs to be fixed there was silence utter silence from God this man who heard the voice of God he who left everything that he had he is now getting this silent treatment Compare this with the story of Jacob. Jacob went and ran away to Padanaram and to all his, did all his 20 years of service there. And 20 years, God was silent. Why? Why? Why did, why was God silent to it for Jacob for 20 years? You see, he didn't have to do all these trickeries to go and get his blessings. Way before he was born, when these two were fighting in the mother's womb, the God had already told the mother, two nations are in your, in your, in your womb. The younger will serve the older. That, that prophecy was already given to him. 
but they went after human techniques, went after trickeries, went after things that they thought that they could help God with and 20 years of silence from God. So when you get the silence, when the Spirit of God is not nudging at you, when the Spirit of God is not telling you wait, or when the prophets of God are not coming to you, when the Word of God is not speaking to you, think if you have done something to interject and make human things, human techniques to do a supernatural miracle. But you see, God is a God who is a faithful God. You and I serve a God who does not forget what he has promised. Regardless of what you have done in your life, regardless of your past failures, regardless of how many times we forsook God, didn't God come through for us? Think about it. Take a minute to look back at your life and think, look, at, look back at your life and see how many times God came back. But come, God comes back with a promise. But he also comes back with a covenant. He comes back with a promise, yes. But he also wants you to have a covenant with him. The word covenant, bereth, is very important in this chapter. A covenant is a promise to do something. God is saying that I will establish my covenant. This is my promise to you that was made years ago. And now I am the faithful almighty God, the El Shaddai, who is able to keep my promise. The next few verses, chapter 6, verses, uh, chapter one, 17, verses 6 to 8, five times God says, I will, I will, I will. I know what you've been through, but I will. I know what the lower world is telling you, but I will. But first, before all that, you see, God tells him something he hasn't told him yet before. Chapter 17, verse 1 opens up with saying, walk before me and be blameless. What does that tell you? What does that tell you? Think back and tell you. What does that tell you? Walk before me and be blameless. In other words, Abraham, that chapter 16, that was not being walking with, before me blameless. Abraham, that chapter 16 where you cooked up human techniques to, to make this some miracle happen that I told you would happen. The way that chapter 16 where you tried to help me to do things that is not being blameless. Walk before me and blameless. The word blameless and walk is used as, as if it's written. Uh, it's the same words that is used to uh, talk about Enoch as Enoch walked with God. Noah walked with God. Abraham, you went into the world to accomplish what I said I would do. But remember, Hagar was an Egyptian woman. Egypt represents the world here. In the Bible, Egypt represents the world. Abraham, now no more going back into the world. No more trying your things on your own. No more finding shortcuts to obtain the promise. I want to do something in you. I know you messed up. And I know you took things in your hand. But I am here to renew my covenant because I am a faithful God regardless of how long it's been. But my part of the covenant is that I want you to be holy. I cannot do what I intend to do with your flesh. So I want you to do something. I want you to circumcise. I want you to show me that you really love me. I want you to show me that 
by, by going through the pain of sacrifice, of going through some pain in life, that you will follow me. This is my covenant with you. This is your covenant with me, that you will follow me all the days of your life. After this, you know, one more thing over here. God changed his name from Abram to Abraham. There's something significant about this. What was the difference in the two names? What was the, just not the meaning wise, just, just the name. Okay, that's correct. Okay, the word Abram and Abraham has only two letters difference. The, word, the Hebrew word hey. You know what that hey means? Hey is the fifth word, uh, fifth letter of alphabet of the Hebrew letters. And if you will notice, uh, if, if you want to look at it, it's in Psalms 119. The fifth portion is titled hey, H-E or H-E-I. This word hey is used in, in old Judaic writings to represent God. They were afraid many a time. They were afraid to write the name of God in all their writings. They were afraid to, some were afraid to write the name of God. Some were afraid that they, if they wrote it in ink, it would get wiped away. And they were very particular about the name of God being used. The name Yahweh being used. So the word Yahweh is yod Hey, wav Hey. Okay, so four parts of it. You can't actually pronounce it. It's Y-H-W-H. You can't pronounce it in English. Okay, so the English translators called it Yahweh. Okay, but it's actually written Y-H-W-H. So the word in Hebrew writings, they used to put this word H-E or Hey just to represent the name of God. So how does this, this signify for this name change here? God took Abram's fifth letter, added a fifth letter to Abram's name and said, I am now going to call you with my name attached to your name. God took the fifth letter of Sarai's name and changed it and said, now you will be called with my name attached to your name. Abram and Sarai, you on your human strength cannot do it, but with my name attached to it, you can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. Hallelujah. 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 You see, until now, it was not so hard to live up to those names. God, God saying, I will change your name to Abraham, which means the father of multitudes, and Sarai's name, which, so which, which to Sarah, which means mother of nations. Sarai means princess. You know, this lady, if you look at the next chapter, you will see she's being captured. At 90, she's still beautiful. So she, her name is just changed to princess. And father of multitude, Abram, he was already, by, by now he was a father. And he was assuming that all these things that he was ta God was talking about is about Ishmael. Abram's and Sarah's response. The first response was one of worship and adoration. 17 chapter talks about how Abraham fell before God, fell face forward and worshipped God when God said, I am El Shaddai. Abraham liked all the things that, that being, what was being talked about. And until now, until verse 15, Abraham is agreeing with God for everything that God was saying. You know what that means? 
Abraham was saying, yeah, great. All these great nations will come out of me. It will be through Ishmael. It will be through the, these, this child that I acquired through my techniques and all these things. Abraham is agreeing with God. But when you come to verse 17, read 17, 17, please. Genesis 17, 17. Abraham fell on his face and laughed. You see, oftentimes we, we blame Sarah for laughing. But you don't, you don't understand the first person who laughed was not Sarai. It was actually Abraham. Abraham laughed and said, oh, that Ishmael would live before you. In other words, God, I believe you for all that you said. But except for this one little crazy thing that you just said. That funny joke that you just said. That my, my wife Sarah would be bearing a child. You see... This was sort of what Martha's response was. When Jesus came to the tomb and Jesus said to Martha, you know that Lazarus would raise up. Her answer was, yeah, yeah, he will raise up in the final day. God, Jesus said, no, if you would believe, you will see the glory of God. See, but coming back to Abram's life, God who knew Abram's heart, knew how he was formed and knew all the pains that he's been through in life and knew all the heartaches of a, ham of a family without, without children. He does not reprimand Abraham for that, that time. He didn't say, I am done with you, Abraham. You forsook me. You made your human techniques. Now you're make laughing at me. He didn't say all that. God, God did not react the way we would react when somebody laughed at us. Chapter 18 God comes to Abraham and he does another, another visitation. He did not know that it was the Lord speaking to him. Until the Lord said, come back, come here. Where's your wife, Sarai? And she said, he said, he's right there. And Sarah listened to what God was saying. And she laughed too. At this, God rebuked him. Rebuked the couple actually. He rebuked the, the, the wife, yes. But it was also a rebuke to the house. Because this is the second time somebody is laughing at him. And so God said the most powerful word that we can always rely upon. And it is Genesis chapter uh, 18 and verse, um, verse 15, I think, uh, 14. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? Is there anything too hard for the Lord? Until now we see Sarah... As a practical, logical, perfectly human being who understands the limitations of her body. She's been through a lot in life. She's been through the suggestion and, ju and just the suggestion of this happening to her sends shudders down her spine and she started laughing. Because she has been always the one who was dropped. She was the one who was always being told, you can't, you won't, you will never She's been the one that the doctors told that all hope is lost. She was the one that could not produce life. She was the one who could not hold life in her. So this particular thing didn't make sense to her. And she laughed. Oftentimes, we are also just like this. We often blame Sarai for laughing. But when the word of God comes to you through the pulpit or through a prophetical word, what do you do to the word of God that comes to you? Do you question it? Do you laugh at it? Do you say, where did this prophet get this thing from? Who told him about these things? Aren't these things that our community asked all the time? That is laughing at God. 
serious matter. When the word of God comes through you to, through the pulpit and, and the word of God comes forth with power and anointing specifically for you. What is our reaction to the word of God? You see, but this God was not done with Sarah. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 11. Read it in English, uh, New King James Version, please. So what happened here? How did this woman who was a laughing woman, how did this woman who questioned God, how did she end up in the hall of faith of the, in the Hebrews chapter 11? You see, when God asked, is there anything that is too hard for her? You see, the Bible says in Romans chapter 10 and verse 17, that faith comes through the hearing and hearing through the word of God. So the, when, when the word of the Lord, is there anything too hard for her? hit Sarah's heart, it started to grow. It started working inside of her. It started to strengthen her through faith because she opened it. I think Denny was talking about this yesterday in the SNL. She opened it with the key of faith. She put that key of faith into this, into this door and she opened it and she said, wow, there is nothing that is too hard for the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, praise God. Oh, so when this word of God hit into her heart, it started to grow, it started to produce. That which was dead came back alive. That which was barren started having the fountain of youth. She who was 90 was like 25. Oh, hallelujah. This morning time, what are you doing with the word of God that's being given to you? Do you use the key of faith? Do you put it into the door and say, I am going to open this door of faith and I am going to walk through, the, through it because God has promised me this. He who said, I am El Shaddai, the Lord Almighty, the all-sufficient one. He said it. Is there anything too hard for me? Now the person in the Bible, Mary, things looked impossible for her. And the angel came to her and said, you will bear a son. And she said, how can this be? And when the angel said, the power of the Almighty shall overshadow you, she believed what was said to her. When the person named Zechariah the man who was a priest, the man who served God in the temple, when God came to him and said that you will have a son, what was his response? He said, how will I know? It was a question of doubt. And the Lord said, you will be mute till these things happen. This morning, how do you respond to the word of God? I want to turn to how, the process of how Abraham and Sarah believed. Return with me to Romans chapter 4 and verse 17 onwards, please. Read it. Verse by verse, we'll stop one by one. 
Okay, do you read it in Malayalam, please? You know what this thing is called? In theological language, it's called ex nihilo. You know what that means? It means producing something without raw materials. You and I, we need raw materials to produce something. Every medicine that you have is a formation of a chemicals. We all need for raw materials. But God, Abraham believed God that he would call into being that which was not as it was. That which was not, that sickness, that healing that you have, it, was, it is not right now. But you, Abraham believed that it is. Hallelujah. That he, Abraham believed that that which was not is real because God said it. Read on verse 18. Read that in English, please. Read on. Giving glory to God. In other words, he was not disregarding the facts. He knew that he looked at himself, he said, I can't. He looked at her and said, she can't. He looked at himself again and said, I can't. He looked at her and she said, he said, I, she can't. But he can. Hallelujah. I can't. She can't. But he can. Hallelujah. So what did he do? He gave glory to God. Giving glory to God means giving glory to God for calling out things that were not uh, to as if it was be yes. And giving glory to God ahead of time. Hallelujah. Hoping against all hope and giving glory to God was the key to this family's success. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Giving glory to God. In other words, humanly possible, it is impossible for me. Oh, child of God. Oh, young man who is asking for things from God. You are saying you can't. Oh, young woman who is asking for impossible things from God. And you're saying you can't. It is true. You can't. But he can. Would you believe this word this evening time? Yes, you cannot. But he can. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say it to yourself. He can. Hallelujah. Say it out loud. He can. Mm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Verse 21, please. What being what? Fully persuaded. In other words, not just simply lightly believing that perhaps God would come through. 
but being fully persuaded that this weak, useless body of mine, this empty, barren body of hers can produce life because my God is able to do so. The birth of Isaac, God said, you laughed, you'll call him laughter. Yeah, Abraham, you laughed, she laughed. So what? Call him laughter. So every time that he called this child, whenever he grew up, as he was growing up, when they say, Isaac, where are you? The answer was laughter. Where are you? I laughed at God, but God came through for me. So I have a son named Isaac. It was not by my bite. It was not by my power. But because God caused laughter in my life. Mm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It was a subtle reminder of two things. That one that God is able to do miracles. And bring life out of bodies that is as good as dead. And this was also a reminder of their first response to God. One other thing about this family. You see, if you have a child at 90 years old, what are the expectations? How long will this lady live? You know, yeah, it's great that she had the pregnancy and the child at very, very old age and great, but how long would she be there to enjoy this thing? You see, many a times, this is our worry that if things come late, it will not be enjoyable because we would be gone soon. Right? This is, this is a part of our worries. If God doesn't come through for me at this particular period that I wanted him to come through, things will go wrong and I will not be able to enjoy what I am praying for. Read with me. Genesis chapter 23 and verse 1. Sarah was a hundred and... 27 years old when she died. You see, Sarah is the only woman in the Bible where her, where her age is mentioned at her death. The only woman whose name is mentioned about, about at her death. It is all, all talked about Abraham and men and all the men of those age that he died at this age, that age, other age. But nobody else God is never mentioned, but this particular verse is mentioned for you and I to know that she had 37 long years with this baby. Hmm. What are you afraid of? What are you worried about this evening, this evening time? Because God did not answer you in the moment that you wanted it to be does not mean it is a denial from God. It doesn't mean that God will not let you enjoy the situation, the blessings that God is going to give you. But when you wait upon the Lord, when you are true to his word, when you open key things with the key of faith, and when you are ready to submit yourself to the presence and the word of God and believe what God has said about you, you know what? God will take care of every aspect of your life. Hallelujah. I want to close with the generational blessings that came from this God who said, I am El Shaddai. Read with me Genesis chapter 25 and verse 20. You know what? I'll quickly go through it. Isaac was 40 years old when he was took Rebekah, his wife, the daughter of Bethuel. 21, please. 21. 
because she was barren. Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife. How long did he pray? How long did Isaac pray for a child? 20 years. Next. Okay. Um, next is coming down the next generation to Jacob and Esau. Jacob's wife, the one he loved, Rachel, was barren. And the Lord, the, he had to pray. They prayed and the Lord opened, was, was, was um, uh, gracious to Rachel. And he, she produced a son. And his name was Joseph. Beauty out of barrenness. There is one thing we can learn out of the life of these patriarchs. Each time that God sent these people through a period of tough times, God came, made something good come out of it. From Sarah's barrenness came Isaac. From Rebecca's barrenness came Jacob and Esau. Out of Rachel's barrenness came Joseph. Out of Hannah's barrenness came Samuel. Praise God. This evening time, I stand here as a testimony of God's wonderful works in our life. You see, between the month of April and May, we celebrate a lot of anniversaries. One particular one is Stan and Siju. It's been, they've been married for 10 years this past April 15th. This church knows what they went through. God is a faithful God. When the world said that their marriage would not happen, God said, no, I am going to take care of this situation. On May 6th, it'll be 16 years of our marriage. Again, you know the story of our lives. Every time that we went through the period of dryness, every time that the doctor said that you cannot, that you will not, God said, no, wait, I have a purpose in your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This evening time, I want to close with an illustration. Shrouded in, the, in a dense fog, a large steamer edged slowly towards the coast of Newfoundland. And the foghorn crying out some somber notes of warning. The captain, who was tired from lack of sleep, was startled by a gentle tap on his shoulder. He turned around and found himself face to face with an old man in his late 70s. The old man said, Captain, I have come here to, to tell you that I must be in Quebec in Saturday, on by Saturday. It was Wednesday at that time. The captain pondered for a moment and said, Impossible. Very well, the old man said, If your ship, if your ship cannot take me, God will find some other way to, means to take me. I have never broken an engagement in 57 years. Lifting his very hands as a gesture of Jesper, the captain replied, I would help if I could, but I am helpless. Undaunted, the old man said, let's go down to the chart room and pray. The captain raised his eyebrows in utter disbelief, looking at the old man as if this guy had just come from a uh, lunatic asylum. He looked and said, do you know how dense this fog is? We can't move forward. The old man said, no, my eye is not on the thickness of the fog, but on the living God who controls every circumstance in my life. Against his better judgment, the captain accompanied the old man to the chart room and kneeled with him in prayer. With the simple words a child might use, the old man cried, prayed, O oh Lord, if it is consistent with thy will, 
please remove this fog in five minutes. Thou knowest the engagement that I that thou has made for me in Quebec on Saturday to preach. So I know it is thy will. The captain, just a nominal Christian at best, thought it was a thought it was wise to humor the old man and recite a short prayer himself. But before he could start praying, the old man said, Don't pray. Because you one, because you do not believe. And I believe that God has already answered my prayer. So there is no need for you to pray. The captain's mouth op dro dropped open. The old man explained. Captain, I have known my Lord for 57 years. And there has never been a single day that he has failed me. And I have, there has never been a single day that I have failed to gain an audience with the king. Get up, captain. Open the door and you will find that the fog is gone. The captain did as he was requested and astonished that the, to find that the fog had disappeared. This is a story that most of you know of George Muller. This morning, how do you pray? How do you pray? Do you pray like the captain, just simply uttering words of prayer? Or would you trust God and say, I can't he can. Every eye is closed in this place. Every eye is closed in this place. Every head bow down. We're going to submit our souls to the word of God that has been given to us. What do you say to the fog that is in front of you? What do you say to the things that are saying impossible in your life? Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah, praise God, hallelujah, praise God, praise God, praise God, hallelujah, hallelujah. Take a moment to the, tell the Lord, I know you, I can't, but you can. If you're going to sing the words of a song, very familiar song, you are more than enough from your heart. From the depths of your heart, pour out your heart before the Lord and say, You are more than enough for me. I know what the lower world has told me. I know that it's been a long time that I've been trying to find a spouse, but I know you can. I know it's been a long time that I've been suffering with the sickness. I can't, but you can, oh God, because you are Jehovah Rapha. the heart full of thanksgiving shall we sing this out to the Lord <laughs>